Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. We've got some very enthusiastic young people up here sitting right in the front row and just uh, got back from camp. How was camp, guys? Is it awesome? Somebody got a burning testimony? I'm going to put you right on the spot. You've learned to live living on the spot at camp. Anybody got something I got to just say right now? And I'm willing to get it. Come on, Zechariah. Okay, uh, are you guys ready for this? What this young man's going to say? Uh, he shared with me the, this uh, awesome news. Well, I don't know what he's going to say yet. You may not say what you told me, but we'll, we'll talk. About, here's the <laughs> Go ahead. Good morning, guys. Uh, I will say my camp experience was life-changing. As people say when they come back from Fahola, I will say one of the things that happened to me was I found what my calling was. I'm going to add a little context before I just go right into it. So was it like two months ago? Two months when you had us reading yeah. First Samuel? Yeah. All right. Around two months ago, Pastor Eddie had us, me and my brother, reading First Samuel. And when I read it, I'm like, okay. I was reading it so we could talk about it. And that was about it. Well, I will say Tuesday when we had, I think it was altar call. Something just told me to open my Bible, and I'm like, okay. So I opened it up, opened straight to 1 Samuel chapter 3, when it was Samuel and Eli, and Samuel kept getting called, and he thought it was Eli. And eventually, you guys know the story, Eli says, well, answer God and say, I am here. So that's what I did, and then that's when the Lord spoke to me and said, my calling is full-time ministry. Amen. So th the, rest of the rest of the week, I was waiting for a lot of confirmation. And I'll say Wednesday, I think his name is Pastor Josh. He started talking about a lot of things. And then he was like, if you feel like you're called to ministry, raise your hand. So I did. I went down to the altar and they prayed for me and stuff like that. Then I believe Thursday night when we had the altar call to be filled by the Holy Spirit. When I was up at the altar praying around like 15 leaders, I didn't tell them anything. 15 leaders came, including Kavar, saying they see me in the future furthering the kingdom of God through ministry. Won't you reach your hand this way? Father God, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in these days, God. Your kingdom is still going forward stronger than ever. And Lord, even this moment right now, this moment is being orchestrated and been planned by you, Father. And we just, we are going to celebrate it, Father. We're going to celebrate what you have begun to do in all of our young people's lives. And Father, and right now with Zechariah, Lord, hearing that call of your spirit. We pray over him 
And we as his church family and leadership, God, just thank you for him. And we pray, God, that your call and your anointing and your gifting, Father, will be developed over his life. Father, that you would just open up his understanding, God. And we just pray over him. And God, help him, Lord. Uh, God, as he starts walking in that path, Lord, that you have um, made known to him, Father. And we know that this day is just the beginning. This week is just the beginning, Lord, of what you've got for this young man. And we thank you for him in Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen, brother. Let me give you a hug, man. Amen. All right, guys, who wants to top that one? <laughs> no, no, amen. Anybody got anything else? Don't do this too often, Sunday morning. Huh? Okay. I do want to um, recognize Kavar and Mary. They've done an outstanding job. with our youth, and there's a whole team that weren't able to go to camp, but they're here every week ministering. Let's have our youth team stand real quick, Katie and Peter and Billy and Amber. Okay. Love you guys. They're doing it, and uh, there's so many things going on in their own lives, and they, they just make it go. I love youth ministry, and uh, it's awesome, especially seeing these two. Uh, Amber's like my spiritual daughter, and uh, now she's made me like a spiritual granddad. <laughs> she's expecting uh, their beautiful baby girl that's getting ready to become, and a lot of things happening, and uh, just so proud of them. But we are a blessed church. Would you say amen to that? Amen. With our, our leadership team and everything we've got in place, and it's just amazing. All the young people ain't out there running, losing their ever-loving mind. There is a group that are serving God, and we're blessed to have them here. So amen. <laughs> So I love them being up on the front row, and this is your camps. This is like section right here. Hey, what's that saying in Vegas? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, what happens at camp is not meant to stay at camp. You're supposed to do the very opposite. See how the world does everything opposite than the kingdom, amen? You are to let whatever God's done in your life. And we got another week of kids that are in camp this week. So there's a lot of excited uh, kids coming out of camp this summer, and I'm, I'm hoping for great things. Zachariah, we're going to be talking, brother. Amen. All right. Um, how many's ready for the word? Are you ready for the word today? Good. Just testing. Not preaching yet. Uh, did want to make one announcement, even though it wasn't in the lineup. I just want you to know uh, this date so you can schedule your vacations around it. August 29th is going to be our church picnic here with Detroit Life Challenge. We're going to have um, this whole campus will be our church picnics on be a very special Sunday. So plan around it if you can. I know vacation season's going on right now, uh, but do that. And water baptisms as well will be that Sunday. So if you need to get water baptized, you can sign up for the baptism now on our website uh, or fill the card out at the Welcome Center. But August 29th, for you, everyone that hasn't had a vacation yet, uh, please uh, schedule around it so you can be here. It's going to be awesome. Detroit Life Challenge is one of my favorite ministries in all the world. And so I'm excited about that. Amen? Let's go ahead and continue to worship with our giving right now, our tithes and offering. want to say thank you again for your faithfulness with giving and helping us continue to move forward. Uh, it's no secret, uh, churches experienced the summer slump, and this coming out of the pandemic is, is just like double that, people going, and I, I, don't, I don't blame you at all, go on a vacation, have a good time, and go, and, and it's been a rough year. But let's not forget the house of the Lord. 
Let's not forgive our tithes and offering, and it really helps us throughout this summer because how I many know the bills don't, uh, there's not a summer slump bill. <laughs> they still keep coming. So I want to thank you for that. And uh, let's just pray right now over our giving. Father, we thank you that we do have something to give because everything we have is a gift from you. And we acknowledge that fact and that truth right now by giving back to you first. On this first day of the week, we give you our first fruits, Lord, that tenth back to you, God. And thank you for the 90 that we do keep. And Lord, help us to manage and be good stewards of that, Father, so we can live free from the burden of debt and stress of financial discomfort, Father. But walk in your, in your uh, blessing and in your prosperity, Father. I pray that, God, right now. And we bless your name. We bless your people right now in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Won't you stand with me? Open your Bibles. Let's get right into the Word right now. We're going through uh, the book of Acts. And what I love about this journey is it's going to be something different every single week. And it's not really a theme other than look how they did it, so can I. Basically, I guess that would be the theme. As we're looking how the early church made it through what they did. So every week it's going to be like a different, totally different message. And um, Last week was, was a, a Kairos moment, and wow, what, a, what an amazing uh, response uh, we have gotten from that, and people watching online and, and was here in service, and this is going to go right into this week as well, uh, but we're going through the book of Acts, a journey through Acts, and today we're at chapter 4, this is like week 3 I believe we're in. And we're going to just stay here for a while. There's just so many truths that we will unpack. And God has just shown me so many different new things uh, as we go through it. So let's take a look today in chapter 4, verse 5. I'm going to read this passion, portion of Scripture, and you may not really see how it connects with the title and where we're going with this, but uh, you will in, in a few moments. Amen? Chapter 4, verse 5, and it came to pass on the next day, the next day of the man being healed from last week, this is the very next day, that the rulers, the elders, and the scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest, were all gathered together at Jerusalem, family and everybody. And when they had set them, who's them? Peter and John. In the middle, they said, by what power or by what name have you done this miracle? I mean, this miracle has just shaken up the whole town. And then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well? Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you made well and whole. Let's just stop right there for a moment. I want to title this message today, The Power of Another Chance. The Power of of another chance. I didn't say a second chance because some of us need more than a second chance. <laughs> How many are thankful that God is a God of another chance? So listen, if you are needing to hear a word about making a comeback, if you are needing to hear a word about having a restart, a restart in any area of your life, if you're needing that kind of a message and that kind of a word, you just had a Kairos moment. 
Well, maybe God is saying, now is the time, but I want you to do with your Kairos moment. I want you to get on fire for God like never before. Young people went to camp. You might have fell off a little bit from your first walk with the Lord, but camp has restarted that fire in your life. This is the message that you need to hear today. We've already prayed over our message and given God our permission today. So just say, I'm ready for your word in Jesus' name. Then you can be seated. Well, grandma, my water. Amen. Go ahead and, and be seated. So, thank you, honey. Last week was the man with a Kairos moment. Let me kind of stick to some of these notes here because I do got a lot of scripture and I do want to get them down to lay the foundation and uh, continue, continue to go here in a moment. Um, so, last week, this man had a Kairos moment, right? And he uh, would set the in events set in motion a bunch of events that were uh we are exploring even right now and then it ended up being a church's kairos moment and ended up being the whole city of jerusalem and israel how many know that god just looks for one person to start a move of god how many know that revival can start by just a spark by just one person in the family by just one church in the community, just one. He only needs one to get it started. And if you're here today and you may be the only believer in your family that's watching online or here in the church, don't be discouraged. Be encouraged because God has chosen you. And you could be that very spark that ends up causing a revival, an awakening within your whole family. You hearing me today? So that's what's happening here today. But there's so many great pieces of scripture and portions of scripture that I wish I could, I could preach them all to you today in this one little chapter. I, I wish I, I could. For instance, verse 12, what a, what a foundational scripture for the church where Peter says that salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Look at that. Peter, what, what a, what a fun, fundamental scripture that is in the church world. This scripture, Peter says, there's no other name under heaven given to men by which we are saved. There's no other name. There's no other way to heaven. If you're, there's no other way to heaven. You can't be a good person and make it into heaven. You can't be a religious person. You can't. He just really shut the door on all the religions of the world, didn't he? He just said, it's not through Muhammad. It's not through Buddha. It's not through giving money to churches. It's not by even church membership it's only through the name of jesus that you will be saved that's the only name given to men under heaven whereby we are saved what a powerful powerful truth look at the uh, verse 13 is another one i love it it says that when they these are the elders in the professional uh, supreme court if you will of the day looked and saw the boldness of peter and john they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled. And they realized, though, that they had been with Jesus. How many, I would love to preach to you that this is a scripture, but I would, I would title this part of a message as God uses the unqualified. God calls the unqualified, Zechariah. 
God calls the unqualified. These are, these are unprofessional men. They're fishermen standing in front of very educated. Now, God uses educated people, absolutely. We're actually ending our study in, in Acts with Peter. We're getting ready to shift gears to a man who will emerge, in my opinion, as, as the greatest apostle ever. His name is Saul. We'll pick him up here in a few chapters. He wrote most of the New Testament. Now, he's a very educated man, affluent family. He comes from Tarsus. It's a, it had the world's second largest library in the ancient world. Very educated man. So God's not uh, saying educated is not important. But it, God, what is really important, what is the only requirement for ministry, what is the only requirement to do something great for God is to spend time with Jesus. Boy, I wish I had time to preach that, but not today. <laughs> then I would go on and tell you another one is in, is in verse 18. It says, so they then commanded them not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. This is a scripture that I could see us having to really take a closer look at in the near future. Are you here? He said, Peter and John, listen, I know this man was crippled and now he's not. I don't know how it did, how it happened. It's an undeniable miracle. And it's turned the whole town upside down because we all know him. He's 40 years old. He's here every single day. We all know. We cannot deny we saw a physical miracle. I can't deny it. But I don't want you to go around and telling people about this Jesus no more. They commanded them. I love Peter's response to that. This ought to be your response, the same attitude. But Peter said, which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or God? You, you tell me. I, I love Peter. I mean, Peter, just, he's, just, he's just out there, man. He's, just, he's like, I don't care. Listen, I'm going, you tell me. What, what, what should I obey? I should obey you or I should obey God? And I love this, but as for us, you got to learn to, that needs to be your tagline for life verse. As for us. Because when you're a Christian, it's an instead way of life. I, I think someone preached that not too long ago. It's an instead way of life. As for me and my house, uh, this is how we're going to serve the Lord. I, I know, I know when, when our young people come back from school or, or college or whatever, and you turn on the TV and you, you have these sitcoms and you have these shows, and they, and they kind of indoctrinate our culture of this is how family and this is what love is and this is really how it's supposed to be. You've got to learn to say, as for me, as for me and what I read from the Word of God, the number one best-selling book in human history, this book I'm going to decide to to live for God. But he says, I cannot help but speaking about the things which we have seen and heard. Again, back to that experience. Isn't that a great message? Amen. I'm going to have to preach one of these one day. But I want to get into the second chance because here's the point. We would have none of these great truths that I just read to you had it not been for Simon Peter and his second or third or fourth or however many chances that he was given to the Lord. Did you catch it in that text that we read? Did, did you catch it? You, you, might not, you might have thought it was just a random part of the story. But no, 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 no. I want to take you back to it again. It's in verse 5. It says, And it came to pass the next day that the rulers, the elders, the scribes, and, and Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas. Caiaphas used to be the high priest. Now he has slid over. And now it's the new guy, John and Alexander and as many. And the family were all gathered there. And, and, and they put them in the middle. Who's them? That's Peter. What am I saying? This is. It's that big moment for the Apostle Peter. 
This is exactly where he denied Christ. Remember on Good Friday, I think I stood right here and took a step by step through the steps of Christ. And I told you about how when Peter denied the Lord the third time, they looked at each other and the rooster crowed. Remember, everybody knows that story when a rooster crows, you know. There's some roosters right next door to us. It's the crazy, I love this church. We have people from all over the world, all, it seems like all over the world, but all different cultures and backgrounds. But I'm reminded when I hear that rooster of two things. One, we're in the country. <laughs> and two, the Apostle Peter. How many think of Peter when you hear a rooster crow? I mean, anybody, you know, I mean, that's a, everybody knows that story. And, and, and when we were in Israel, I told you back on Good Friday how I stood there. We took a whole bunch of us there, 16 of us went to Israel. And we stood there and watched um, and, and, and stood in the same place where Peter denied Christ. And the scripture says they looked at each other. And I told you how it's very easy to do with the way Caiaphas's house was. They still have it there. And you, it, you, can, you can go inside. We saw the cell that they put Jesus in. We had devotion down there. One of the most powerful and moving moments in my life. This is that big moment for Peter. He is, but see, last time he denied that he even knew the Lord. And, and he wasn't even in front of the the Sanhedrin, the Sanhedrin was like the Supreme Court, if you will, of the day. It was a servant girl outside, down by a fire. She's so happy. Jesus is standing there, handcuffed, and Caiaphas and them are just got false witnesses lying on them. And Peter just stands there and he's watching this happen. And they begin to say, Hey, you just, where, where have you been all week? Were you at a Christian camp? You're going to have a moment to say, I feel like I'm at camp. I don't know. <laughs> no, I didn't go to camp. You know, we all have those moments, right, where you're, you're, you're asked. It may, it may come uh, right before you're about to eat. You're going to have that moment. Am I going to pray over this food or am I just going to eat it? And then you may be coming to work. And, you know, that, that's kind of elementary when you get saved. But it's still there. I mean, I've been in places. And you ever be at a barbecue? And if you're a Christian at a barbecue, they will look for you. Oh, Pastor Eddie's here, and I just, I don't even know why I'm, someone invited me, I thought, you know, will you pray over the food? And so, so you, you just got to get used to doing that. I remember when I first got saved, that was one of the big things that changed when we were with family, our family, everyone's family, you know, Eddie's going to say grace now, and everyone's like, what? <laughs> when did we start this? You know, and, and then you go, <clears throat> you know, everyone has them, them moments. And for Peter, it was a, a servant girl said, aren't you one of these Christians too? And he blew it. He blew it. I like to write this down in my notes. God can forgive the unforgivable. I don't know of a worser sin than to deny Jesus Christ. He'd seen miracles. He was used to do. He walked on water. And And a serving girl, wasn't even a part of the Sanhedrin, said, are you really a Christian? It'd be something like, you get a post on Facebook, share this if you're a Christian. I hate those because sharing it don't mean I'm a Christian. That's right. But, it, you know, I'm just saying it. It's okay if you do that. And sh- we need the gospel, so share them. I'm not against it. But I, as far as validating my faith, okay, <laughs> maybe we reword that and you'd, we'd probably share more of them. At least I would. But, you know, and then if you don't, you're going to be, you know, like Satan's going to come. What? You know what I'm saying? But Peter's given that moment. What are you going to do? And in that moment, he said, no, I don't even know Christ. He blew it. 
And the lady said, no, I, I think you do. You talk like them. You, you, talk like a, you talk like you're a Christian. You, you talk like a Galilean in that little sect, that little Jesus thing. And, and the Bible says this. Luke records it and said he began to cuss. People go, see, Peter cussed, so I can. No, you can't. And did you read the context? He was cussing to prove he wasn't with Jesus. If people would just read, <laughs> it's amazing to me. You know what I'm saying? Whoa. He was like, no, I ain't. And he just began to blankety, blank, blank, blank. I don't know Jesus. He did. That's what your Bible says. Blew it. And, and, and the servant girl quit asking him. <laughs> she was like, yep, okay. That's, <laughs> I guess not. Must have been someone else. That's the moment. I want you to see this, though. And isn't it like God to say, I'm not going to throw you away, Peter. This is the whole message today. Now, yeah, you messed up. You, you messed up. You did, you did something that is horrible. I mean, that is really bad. But he, lo and behold, God just has a way of bringing us back around and giving us another chance at the same. And here's Peter's big moment. Here's Peter's big moment. Now he's not out front with a serving girl warming himself by the fire. Now he is literally in front of that same court that has the power, that has the power to go to Pilate and say, hey, this, these people are causing a ruckus, which they later did, and let's get him crucified. They could have easily done that. Peter stood there. How would Peter answer it? And I love it. Look at verse 8. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them. <laughs> oh, man. What happened? He got the upgrade. I said he got the upgrade. I'm not preaching about the upgrade. But listen, the upgrade wasn't just a series. <laughs> you can't escape the upgrade and the involvement of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life in the New Testament. It is everywhere you look. It is every area of your life because that's what he wants to be a part of. Here's Peter, and he stands up, filled with the Holy Spirit, and he says, hey, not only do I know Jesus, and I'm proud to know him, but he has risen from the dead, and that is why this man is healed today. Woo. And there is no other way to heaven, not through Rome, not through worshiping the emperor, not through worshiping the God of the sun, because, you know, mythology was really big in those days. He said, there's only one name, and his name is Jesus. Look at Peter. Look at Peter. Look at Peter. I believe Jesus was like, woo, look at my boy go. Look at him go. Man, can you see yourself in that? Can you see yourself in that? And this is one of those moments, man. Listen, this is easy for me to preach because my whole life story is this. I was raised in church, and I had, I had the stories and everything told me. It didn't really, I was like Peter. It didn't sink in. I went to camp. I went to a lot of things, but it didn't really, really get past that surface. It was, it was all up here and not here, right? like eight inches away from the kingdom or whatever. You've heard people describe that. That's what's going on here. But this time, Peter has it in his heart. He's got it in his heart. And he said, I know Jesus. He failed, but he wasn't content with his failure. I love what Abraham Lincoln, I love what old righteous Abe says. My great concern is not whether you have failed, but whether you are content with your failure. Oh, that's Bible. I'll show you some scriptures in just a moment. I love that. 
It's not about failing, but are you content with your failing? You look through the Word of God and, and it, you won't uh, go far without realizing that God is a God of another chance. He absolutely is. You got, I can use, I wrote some of them down, but it's like, I can write the whole, it's easier to name the ones who got it right the first time. Daniel, seriously. But everybody, you, Moses, he was a murderer, right? You guys should know that. He's a, he's a, he's a murderer. You have, you have uh, Rahab. Rahab was the harlot. You just look at these people. Samson, he kept blowing it. But God gave him another chance. David, my favorite in the Old Testament, he blew it. But God did give him another chance. Jonah, one of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible. Jonah, God said, Jonah, I want you to go here. Jonah said, okay, he went there. <laughs> the exact opposite of where he was supposed to go. The exact opposite. And you know about the a fish swallowed him. By the way, did you hear that in the news? There's a guy that was swallowed by a whale. Look it up. Jimmy Kimmel had him on. It was just hilarious. I saw a little, someone sent, I watched it, someone sent it, and it was, uh, it was a little clip, and he actually had him, and this guy was swallowed by a whale. It's actually happened throughout history. Do your homework. It's a, so people go, how is that possible? Number one, it says God created a great fish. If he wants to create a fish just for Jonah, he could do it, okay? You look at the sky, you look at the stars. I mean, that, that's where, that's where your, our faith just got to come in. But anyway, Jonah repented, and, and I love this scripture, one of my favorite in all the Bible. It says in Jonah 3.1, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. It came to Jonah a second time. And you may say, well, Pastor Eddie, man, this sounds like one of them greasy grace messages. This, this sounds like one of them messages that, you know, I can do whatever I want to do because, you know, God's just going to keep on giving me, giving me chances and chances. No, you need to get saved. Let me just be real with you. The Bible says don't insult the spirit of grace. And, and so it's, it's not about, you know, I can go and, and uh, you know, do whatever I want to do because God's going to keep giving me another chance. No, all these people that I just named to you and everybody in the Word of God, including Samson even, finally did something that even Peter himself did. And this is what turns it back, is that they got back up. They got back up. They, they weren't content in living in the failure. They, they weren't content in living with the failure. I love what these scriptures say. Look at Proverbs 28. It says, a man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. But if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets another chance. If he confesses and what? And forsakes. If he confesses and forsakes. Well, Pastor Eddie, that's just how I am. That, 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 that's just in my past. If you're still doing it, it's not your past, it's your pattern. There has to come a point when you say, man, I blew it. Jonah said, man, I blew it. Moses said, man, I blew it. Samson said, man, I blew it. All of them said, David said, I blew it. But God, please, whatever you do, don't take your spirit from me. I don't want to do I don't like living here. I don't like living in this muck. David wrote in the Psalms that he says, my sin is always in front of me. You know, when we fail and until we confess it and get it right with God, the Holy Spirit has a way of just showing you up and following you all around. As I said before, the Holy Spirit won't stop you from sinning, but it'll stop you from enjoying it. 
He has a way of just following you around. And David said, my sin is always in front of me. Everywhere I go, I just have this, this uh, uneasy and unsettledness. I try to turn up my music. I try to do, maybe I try to drink. I try to, but, you know, drown out the convicting uh, power of the Holy Spirit. Don't do that. You're trying to downgrade the upgrade. He, the upgrade is doing exactly what he was designed to do. The Holy Spirit will come and convict the world of sin. Right, Jesus said? Amen. That's what he's supposed to do. David said, man, my sin is always in front of me. He even said, my bones are weak and weary and, and your hand is heavy upon me. Read that. That's after his failure. But he said, oh, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Restore to me the joy. And I don't know, I may be talking with somebody today that that's the thing, you haven't got that joy of your salvation back yet. What's a good message for you to hear today because God's ready to give you another chance? Did you hear me? It's like he gave me another chance. And I fight that all the time in my life and in my mind is that I don't deserve it. I'll come back to that. Let me give you another scripture, Proverbs the godly may trip seven times, but they will get back up. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. <laughs> Look at that scripture. King James says, a righteous man may fall seven times. I love this translation. But, but the wicked want one little pop. <laughs> one little trip. I guess I, this, this serving God is just so tough. What happened? I prayed that God would give me a million dollars and he didn't. I mean, you know, or whatever. I had a flat tire. I got up to go to church today, and, you know, I sneezed, and we all had to stay home. <laughs> Jesus said that one of my favorite scriptures when I got saved, I read this. Jesus said the kingdom of God suffers violence. It's, it, is a, it, is a, it is a fight to serve for the Lord. Our emblem is a cross. I wish our emblem was a pretty something with a flower. It's a cross. Not to be worn on our chest, although I'm not wrong with the bling, it's to be worn on our back. We're to carry our cross. Jesus said this, the kingdom of God suffers violence. It's going to come. It's gonna, people are going to come against you. People are going to turn on you. Peer pressure, sin, opportunity. On you, scrolling through your Instagram, TikTok, knock, whatever else is going to happen, whatever they invent. It's always going to be something. Someone trying to slide into your DM. Listen to this song. And the music's got such a good beat. But then that little, then you go listen to the other song. And you listen to another song. And now they're talking about doing this. And next thing you know, you got this. I mean, it's pulling at you all the time. And inside of you is this voice saying, walk before me. Just walk and follow me, man. I, the blessings are here. And the blessings are here. It's always going to be tension and a struggle. The kingdom of God suffers violence. Jesus said, but the violent ones will take it by force. Okay. You can get back up, Jonah. Come on, Jonah. Come on, Moses. I know you're an old man and you thought my call is done. My callings and gifts are without repentance. I still got a messed up Pharaoh over there giving my people oppression, and I, I need to use you. David, come on, David, get back up. I need you to run my kingdom. But he said the wicked, just one little thing knocks us down. Some theologians will go as far as to say that if you quit serving God, you never were saved the first point. 
and they use the scripture to back that up. I'm not going to go that far to say that because I know the struggle is real. I will say this. The scripture does say a righteous man. One thing that proves you are a righteous follower and saved is you get back up. Are you hearing me today? Are you hearing me today? You'll get back up. How many remember Rocky? Come on, somebody. Rocky, way back. Go look it up. I know there's probably something else. Way before there was Fast and the Furious or, or whoever. I don't know what's up. Rocky. We all love Rocky, man. Get knocked down. Adrian! You know, he was just always knocked down. And remember when the Russian took him out? And everybody was like, oh, I hate Russia. You know. <laughs> then he went over there and he went to go fight Ivan. Was that his name? Yep. <laughs> Somebody like, yep, watched it last night. <laughs> I mean, that's me. How many will watch Rocky even when it comes on? I'm sorry. I mean, if it's on, hey, baby, we ain't going nowhere. Come on. <laughs> he goes over there. You know, he gets out there. I love that part when they hit gloves. And Rocky's like, mm. and he hits his glove. <clears throat> and the guy don't move. I will break you. Remember that? <laughs> I haven't seen it in years. It's amazing how it sticks in you. And then you go through Rocky, man, and he's just getting just pulverized. Just, you know. And he's over in, in Rocky's, uh, over in Russia. And they're all like, yeah, our man is like a machine. He's going to take you down. That's how the enemy thinks, man. You ain't going to come. You ain't going you, you to do nothing great. You, you done messed up. What makes you think at your age in this season of life or, or this time and this and that, you know, that you're going you're gonna to do something? That's what the enemy's trying to say to us. And I love even that movie. I think it's anointed of God. Well, it is now because it's in my message. What happens? Rocky, we all know what. He begins to get up. And no matter how bloody and sweaty and tired and fatigued he is, he's going, come on, is that all you got? And that dude's just, just haymakers at him. And he's going, come on, come on. And next thing you know, he's got his guy in a corner. And all of a sudden, because he won't quit, what happens? The whole Russian audience begins to turn on their Russian fighter and starts voting for the Italian-American. Rocky. Rocky, Rocky. What's the point? I'm here to tell you that you may feel like you're all by yourself, but man, all you got to do is just stand. All you got to do is refuse to quit. And you got all of heaven saying, come on, you can do it. You can do it. Get back in there. Woo. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody give him praise for that. Hallelujah. I was not even in my notes. That's free. Amen. One, my one and only point today, my one and only point is failure is not fatal, but failure to get back up can be. Failure to get back up can be. Failure to get back up can be. Everybody we have in the scripture that did blow it and didn't fail, they did one thing. They got back up. They didn't live in the pig pen. Peter goes on to write in 2 Peter 2.20 that if a pig, when it's clean, cleansed, goes back to the pig pen, that's like us when we go back. And, don't, and, and Peter's writing about it because he knows about it. It's his life. That's what I did. Is he went back to the pig pen. But those that have been, one of the ways you can tell the difference between a, a pig and a sheep is I can bring a pig up here on this stage and I can set a table up and I can clean this pig up. I can put a bow on him, a ribbon on him. Woo, beautiful pig. Maybe I'll ask Paul if I could borrow one of his pigs. <laughs> we got some folks that have pigs. Some of y'all have pigs. Who's got pigs? Random question in the middle of the sermon. Amen. Right there, one. All right. 
I could bring a hip Paul I tell you, Allison, I tell you, a pig is a pig. No matter how you clean it up, you could put perfume on it. Soon as I let it down off of this stage, it's going to run out there and find the fastest mud hole it can, and it's going to waddle all in that mud because it's its nature. It doesn't have anything in him telling them that mud is not good. But if I bring a sheep up here, and a sheep could be in a mud hole, falling in and dirty and, and mauled, I can bring them up here. I can clean it all up. I can put a ribbon and a bow on it. You let it out, it's going to go find some grass. And the Bible says when we come to know the Lord Jesus that he has changed us. If any pig be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. He's now a sheep. That's my translation. You got to fight against that flesh and say, man, I don't want mud. I want, I want what God has for me. Let me start closing this with this one story with, this, with Peter looking a little bit more at his life. His failure was big. As I said, it was one of the biggest failures that you can do is deny that you knew the Lord. I mean, right on the night he was betrayed, he's, Peter said, I'm never going to deny you, Lord. I mean, all of that. And here he is. It ended up causing him to just go into a very dark place. At the resurrection morning, I don't know if you, if you watch or, or read that whole story. It was the resurrection morning. Peter ran to the tomb with John, and he saw the tomb was empty. Peter did. Peter looked in, and it said he saw the tomb was empty. He saw the tomb was empty. He saw that Jesus raised from the dead. Mary came with her emotional response that she just saw him, thought it was the gardener. He's appearing into the rooms, saying, do not be afraid. Thomas, he watched Thomas. He saw all of that. But then there's a scripture at the bottom of that chapter that says, and Peter said... I'm going fishing. Now to you and me saying, I'm going fishing, that's going to be a great day. Nothing wrong fishing. But for Peter, that meant I'm going back to my old life. I'm going back to my old way of living. I'm not, I'm not going to do this Christian thing. I tried it. I failed. I'm, I'm not going to do it. I just, it's just not for me, man. It's not for me. I got too many things I don't understand. You know, he said he was going to overthrow Rome. No, he didn't. But people said he was, and I took, took some scriptures, and I thought God was going to do this, and he didn't. If there is Jesus, and why is everybody suffering? Why do we got this going on in the world? You ever have those questions? If you look in the Word of God, everybody did. But Peter got stuck in that, and it ended up leading him into a very dark place. And he took seven of the 12 with him, of the 11 with him. They all went fishing back to the old life back to saying hey this isn't for me I tried it but it's not for me I, ju I just can't I just can't do it it's it's too big of a thing to overcome he saw the empty tomb and he he still just went back to it how many times have we heard messages and felt the presence of God and heard testimonies and saw even miracles and, and, and every day we get God just right in front of us what does Romans say that look at the creation of the world uh, you can see God's invisible power and eternal quality so that men are without excuse. And every single day, we see God all around us with a brand new sunset, a brand new sunrise. I mean, just life all around us. And, and just we just have a tendency to start growing dim in our faith. And, and, and we get attacked by the enemy or something happens. And we end up just falling away and start walking. Next thing you know, you end up going back to your boat. Your boat. That place. Whatever you're, for Peter, it was a physical boat. 
for you, it just might be a place where it's comfortable. I'm not going to really, you know, step out and do ministry. And I'm not going to step out and volunteer. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go that far. You know, I like my little Christianity right here in this little boat. You know what I'm saying? I log on every couple of weeks. And, and I'm not being mean. I'm just trying to show you something here today. And we get into our little boat, our little boat of, uh, of just shame and regret and, and, and just uh, sorrow and sadness. And, you know, that's just I'm more comfortable here. In that boat, and that's exactly what happened to Peter. Peter, again, he walked with the Lord, walked on water. How did you get talked out of that? Maybe he was hanging around Thomas, I don't know, but he just, after doing a miracle like that, he starts to believe that God can't use him. But Jesus comes to him. Jesus comes to him. I love what the angel said. At that last time, he appeared to a couple of other disciples, and, the, and, and he said, go tell the disciples and Peter that Christ has risen. All of heaven knows what's happening. I love that. That little, that little extra part of the verse. Well, here's another little extra part of a verse, and this is the last scripture I want to share with you, and then we're going to pray. So he's in the boat, Peter is, and Jesus comes to the shore. And he goes, hey, have you guys caught anything? I mean, that's kind of a common thing in those days. And even today, you ever walk up fishing and first thing people ask for, catch anything? I mean, that's just what we do, right? It's just the gesture, you know, it's just, you know, some people ignore you. You're messing up my groove, man. And some people start talking, you know, and keep talking. <laughs> then you're messing up my game, whatever. So that's just the thing, a, a curious, out of courtesy, you know, being courteous. Did you catch anything? Peter said, no. But I think Peter was like, wait a minute. That sounds familiar. Because remember, Jesus did that earlier in his life. And after the response was no, Peter said, throw your net on the other side. Remember? And he recognized that voice. And he was like, no, wait a minute. There's something different about it. And Jesus makes a fire on the side of the beach. And he's got some fish on there. And he's looking. And I love the scripture. Look what it says. Therefore, the disciples whom Jesus loved, the disciple whom Jesus loved, that's uh, John. He's a little narcissistic here. He's a little talking, not narcissistic. He, he talks himself in the third person. That's ultimate humility. It is. It's John. He said, he, he looked at uh, Peter and he said, it's the Lord. I know, wait a minute. This ain't some random guy. He's going to ask us to use our boat later. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. I thought this was just a regular Sunday message. No, no, it's, it's the Lord. Are you talking to me or somebody online? Are you talking to me? Not really. It's the Lord talking to you right now through this message. Peter didn't recognize him. Why? Because you can't recognize the Lord when you're all in your boat and you're in a place when you're not supposed to be. It's hard to recognize the Lord. He will always come to you in a different way. Elijah didn't recognize him when he was in his pit of depression and self-pity. He didn't. He thought it was going to be in the storm. He thought it was going to be in the fire. He thought it was going to be in the earthquake. And Jesus said, I'm not in none of those. I'm in a small, still voice. Elijah, what are you doing here? John goes, hey, it's the Lord. And notice what it says. I don't know if you could see it on, yeah, it says, then after Simon Peter heard it, he put on his outer garment. Now that's parentheses there. It's hard to see. For he had removed it and he plunged into the sea. I didn't add that. That's what your Bible says. John, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said, I need to tell you that he put on his outer garment and then dove into the water. 
Ask me why is that for, Zachariah. I said, what is that for? Why did he say that? Glad you asked me that. <laughs> Who would put on your clothes and dive into the water if you're on a boat? Raise your hand. No one. Why did John say that? I love the word of God. Every word is inspired by God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness so the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for his work. Every word in there, Amber, is for some reason. And John said, ah, this is important. This is important. Tell your neighbor, this is important. He put on his jacket because that's the only time we put and pick up everything that we belong to is when you're getting off of a bus, you're getting out of a car, and you're not coming back. Oh, come on, worship team. We're going to pray. John Peter said, hey, man, I don't know if he's going to take me back. John said, that's the Lord. That's the Lord. That's the same thing he said to you when you first got saved, when you first got on fire. That's the same voice. That's the same Lord. And Peter said, you know what, John? You can have this fishing. You can have this drinking. You can have this partying. You can have this gambling. You can have this worldly lifestyle. I'm getting my stuff. I'm getting my stuff. I'm getting my stuff. Because as for me, I'm getting out of here. I'm diving in that water, baby. Come on, Jesus. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I ain't coming back to the boat. I'm not coming back to the boat. I'm deleting. I'm deleting. I'm deleting. I'm deleting. I'm deleting. No, no, no. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. Come on. You want a second chance today? You got to do some deleting. You got to pick up some stuff. In my car, I got my stuff because I'm coming back. But when you get serious with God, you say, I'm taking all my stuff. I'm not coming back to this boat. Come on, I ain't going back to this boat. I'm not coming back to this life. I'm not coming back to this world, this thing, no more. Scripture says that I was about a hundred yards swim. Again, John gave us the details. hundred yards. That's there and back ten times. 300 feet. This is a 120 feet room. With your jacket on. That's why we get the big, oh, I wish I was like Peter. I wish I could have that, this ministry. I wish I could have that marriage. I, can, I wish I had that anointing. I wish my kids were on fire. Then you need to learn to get off the boat. Put on that jacket. Swim to the Lord. Sell out the whole route. Sell out the whole route. That's it. That's it. That's it. I'm getting in. I'm getting in. Thomas, you can have it. Peter or John, you can have it. As for me, as for me and my house, come on, are you with me today? I made up my mind. So that's why he was able to stand in front of everybody, that Sanhedrin, and said, Peter, what you going to do now? I know he had a flashback to that little servant girl. Aren't you one of them? Get that text from so-and-so. What you doing tonight? What's up? Two o'clock in the morning. What do you mean, what's up? You get that temptation. You're going to have it. You're going to have it. Well, I, I don't want to blow it in that moment. Then do what Peter did. Peter said, oh, I remember this. I, I think if it was me, I'd have been like, hold on a minute. <laughs> I just got to enjoy this for a moment. Oh, because y'all don't know my story. The Bible says even the family was out because this is a miracle. This was a huge miracle. So he's in front of a bigger audience. 
I'll be the Lord is looking down right now, river of life. Coming out of a crazy pandemic, living in the most craziest times. If you, if you need an excuse not to live for God, the devil's got one every five seconds. Every five seconds. You could say, no, no, I would, but I got this. I would, but now I picked up four, five, six, seven, eight, nine jobs. I, I would, but, you know, I, I picked up no job. I'm staying home collecting money and more money than ever. I mean, we got, you know, I would, but, you know, you know. You can't make excuses and progress at the same time. Peter said, no more excuses. I'm leaving the boat and I'm coming back to you, Lord. I just wonder if there's somebody here today that would say, hey, man, that's me. I need a second chance. I want you to right now, I want you to just listen to my voice. Come out of your seat. This message for one person, then one person. Come up out of your seat if you need to respond to this message. And I want to pray over you today. Come out of your seat. Come on up. Fill up these altars. If that's you, I need another chance today. And I'm willing to come out of the boat. Come on, if you're online, you need to respond the best way you can. But if that's you, come out of your seat. I'm responding. I'm coming out of the boat. I'm coming out of the boat. I'm swimming back to the Lord. I want to get my chance. going to get my chance. coming, Lord. I'm coming. I'm swimming. I'm swimming. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people. And you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.